Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. So, Phil, one of the key elements of your coaching practice is centered around core values and how you use them to achieve meaningful growth, overcome challenges, and guide people on the path ahead. I've heard you describe core values as an open architecture system. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, core values are unique to everybody, and everybody has them. Do they live them every day is always the challenge. Okay, so let me give you an example. Um, in an open architecture, you get to choose your core values. They're your ground rules. But once you choose them, then the responsibility is to operate within them. It's like going to a baseball game and you go out to home plate before the game starts. Both managers, they exchange their lineup card and then uh, then the umpire says, these are the ground rules for playing the game today. That's what core values are. They're ground rules. Okay. And they represent the most important element long-term as a filter for decision-making. So for example, core values represent your truth. You know, if you operate within alignment of this core values, you'll have much more clarity with regards to decision-making. They operate as a filter for all decision-making. As you process the things around you, innately, you're comparing them against your core values. And lastly, really important, they help resolve conflict. And that conflict, core values, you hire to them, you fire to them. You don't, hire to, you don't fire to job performance. You fire based upon core values misalignment. And so core values, once you establish those, and we'll talk a little bit about that in, in a bit, once you establish them, they're set. And you should operate within them as often as you can. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you coach your clients to help them determine or, or uncover their core values? How does that work? Well, the first thing I do is, you know, I have a question I ask almost everybody when I meet them for the first time in a coaching scenario. And I ask this question, your firstborn child comes home from college and they've graduated and they say, mom, dad, I want to be a success in my life. What are the three things you would tell your firstborn child? Those three things that come up for you are the basis of your core values. Now, why do I use the example of preaching to a child, your child? Because core values are very easy to preach, but man, are they tough to live day in and day out. And that becomes the challenge is to keep them front of mind. Now, I was like most people, when I was asked to share my core values early on in my career, I'd go through the exercise. I didn't own them. And Ultimately, I uh, would, you know, put them away for the year, 
bring them back up the next time I did a plan. So over time, I started to move up the leadership ladder, that journey forward, only to find that that uh, it's at times I wasn't clear. I'd make decisions. What was the best business decision? Or what was the best decision to try to make everybody happy? And those were the fatal flaws in my leadership journey was not getting clear in those core values. So I started my own office, my own district sales office when I was 32. And at 35, I met my executive coach for the first time. And we talked about core values. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. But I realized as we went through the exercise, holy cow, this is the answer for me. And so I started to form them right at that time. The first one was personal growth. And I live that core value to this day. If I'm not growing, if I'm not around people that are growing, I disengage. I find myself to no longer be um, interested. I want that reciprocity with people in growth. The second is I love enduring relationships. And those are relationships based on intimacy and mutual trust. And that takes some work, but it's all based on longevity and growth again. Lastly, and this was a tough one for me, was commitment to self and others. So committing to others was not hard for me. You need me, I'll be there. You you want me to to help you with something, you can count on it. But commitment to self sometimes got sacrificed. So where was the balance in that for me? So commitment to self and others was number three it was number three. And the fourth one I added a little later, which was mutual respect. And that was based on some training I did where I learned about my biases, uh, my upbringing, how things affected me, and realized that I needed another filter for decision-making, and that was based on mutual respect. So those four things, those are the things that I would tell my kids and have, and those are the things that... I encourage you think about as you answer that very important question. So in your coaching curriculum, you mentioned that, uh, you know, a person's core values serve as ground rules for living their best life. Um, what do you mean? Uh, can you give some examples of that? How you define, you know, living your be- quote unquote, living your best life? Well, when I'm clear in my core values, when they're front and center, I don't have as many conflicts. Quite frankly, I sleep better because I know the answer. And yet sometimes I just don't face the answer. So what is the importance of that? So facing the answer. When I put the core values in, uh, let me give you uh, an example. I, I work with a lot of small business owners. And they're agonizing at times about their teams, about growing their teams, about making hires, about when to let people go. And when they're struggling with letting someone go, I always ask this question, share with me your core values. And they share them. I said, 
how many of these core values are being met by your current team member that you're thinking about letting go? 100% of the time, they say they're not following this one. They're not following that one. And so once I go through that exercise with people, it's pretty simple to make a decision. It's just got to be made. I know it's hard, so I don't want to dismiss that, but you know the answer. And that's the beauty of core values is they get you to the answer and then they help you even in the discussion about transitioning someone or hiring someone or bringing on a new client or working with a, with a particular leadership group. If you're interviewing with a company and the core values are unclear, I disengage. Now, the good news is I think people are more aware of this now and they, they do lead with it, but do they live them? That's the big test. Do they live them? Do they operate within them? So that's uh, those are my thoughts on that. Yeah. So what are some of the common barriers uh, do you think that prevent people from living their best life? Where do you see people running up on a reef in terms of trying to stay true to their, their core values? Well, they get lost. We all do. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm no different. Um, we have stretches of road where we're unclear. I would tell you in my career, I didn't have a coach for three years. They were the worst three years of my career, hands down. I felt like Michael Scott from The Office. That's how bad it was, <laughs> right? Every decision I made was just weird. And right. a lot of it had to do with the fact that I I just got off that path. And so core values are about setting a course for vision, for mission. How do I deal with situations? And whenever I was clear in my core values, had coaching around me, somebody to, that I could share things with, without um, a risk of vulnerability. Eh, let me take it back. Without a risk of putting myself in a, in a tough position. When I did that, it was amazing how things worked out. It also ultimately for me became one of the big reasons why I needed to move on from running my firm and move into the coaching that I now do. Because I love the people that I work with. Okay, or at least 95% of them. <laughs> but but I will say that it came it came a point in time and thankfully my wife helped me with this is where she said to me, "You know what? It's time for you to move." But here's my problem. I'm fiercely loyal. And I don't like to leave things undone. And so I was I was moving away from my core value of growth in particular because I felt I needed to stay too long or I I stayed too long, but I felt I needed to stay, see things through. And that became a really important lesson for me now as I coach. When is the right time to disengage? Are you living your core values? And now based on this transition, as difficult as it was, I am living my best life. Yeah, so that's a good segue. So my next question is, yeah, why is that? Why do you think some people are, are plateau or, or stall, um, you know, at, at some stage of their career and are, are unable to to make that breakthrough to elevate? Uh, it's a great question. Um, I'd say number one is their responsibilities to family in some cases. Family can be a hindrance to taking risk. 
Mm-hmm. Um, loyalty, which some people view as a value, is really not. In fact, mm-hmm. loyalty at an extreme is like a paradox. Any extreme can become a hindrance. It, beca- it could become a problem. And so there are certain pieces where you may think you're doing the right thing, but you're not facing the reality of what what is really happening here. And so there, okay. are, exter- there are external factors, Greg, that cause people to hesitate, to flinch, to um, stay the course maybe too long. And uh, you can see it in the relief of people when, when you transition. You can see that relief come for many um, if, they, if they, as they go through that exercise. Um, because people can't, as a rule, fire themselves. You know, people don't come in my office and say, I'm doing such a crappy job. I don't care at all. I think I'm really done with this. No, they don't say that. They just interview. And so, and so people can't really fire themselves. They just have, and so in some cases, the best thing you can do as a leader is let them off the hook. So they can pursue a vision in an, in a different way. Sure. I've also heard you say that core values can serve as a leadership compass. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I use this, uh, as you know, use a lot of nautical themes with Sea Captain. And one of them is a lighthouse. And that uh, lighthouse, when it comes to core values, is lighthouse shining in on you. Okay. okay. Vision is a light shining up. Mission is a light shining out. And so leadership compasses, core values are about you. They're about you, your story, who you are. They're, they're, they're about your makeup. You're just articulating what you stand for. And that is a big, big deal. What do you stand for? Not so much what you want to be known for, that's a little more in your area, which is marketing and branding. Right, right. But it's what it's what you stand for. When will you say, "Okay, enough's enough"? And so that that particular element, what you stand for, is the basis of of that filter being clear, that lighthouse beacon shining, and uh, it helps you make good decisions over time. And they may not feel like it in the moment, but over time, you can go back and say, yeah, I did the right thing here. Sure. Yeah. From a marketing perspective, I will always talk to my clients and say, you know, it's important to let people know what you stand for and also what you stand against. You know, what are what are some common industry practices that you make it a point that that's not how you play the game? So that can be just as effective from a positioning standpoint. So let me ask you, you say, I've heard you talk about how core values can help resolve conflicts between team members or, you know, in a business. How, how does that dynamic play out in your experience? Well, I'll give you an example. Because um, you, when you're running a large organization, you've got conflicts. They're coming. You need to also educate and teach your team you know, your, your, your key team members to resolve them as well, or you're, that's all you're doing. Okay. I had one, uh, 
you know, a, a, one person that uh, I admired who led and used to say I was the chief conflict officer. That was his role, <laughs> not the CEO, right? So how do you resolve that conflict? Well, first of all, every meeting that you do conduct should start with core values at the top of, of the agenda. Core values, vision, and mission at the top of the agenda. And so automatically, everybody in the room knows the core values. And they're restated. They're not put on a shelf. They're front and center. Now, as conflicts come up based on, let's say, performance, or let's say uh, people not getting along, um, now you can you can have everybody go back to those core values, give feedback on where they're being breached. And so in doing so, then if, if need be, you can work that out in a team setting. If not, you might then do a one-off where you, you bring the two parties that can't seem to get aligned together and the core values become the basis for each of them admitting where they're, they're falling short, not where the other person's falling short, where they're falling short. And when two people are willing to do that, I find you can gain the uh, traction to maneuvering through that minefield and getting to the results you're looking for, which is more alignment, more harmony, um, or in some cases, a decision that both parties need to part ways. Yes, this is like almost my last question because some of your answers covered the, the previous questions, but I think you had, you know, I was looking through the notes as it resolving conflict and it, it seemed to be like listening, being able to listen was a big component of, and you kind of answered it, of being able to understand where the other person's coming from. So I was trying to tie listening into resolving conflict. Yeah, which we kind of, we kind of did, but listening, okay. we didn't, we didn't touch on listening. And so it's just, I think where I was going to go was listening is the active beginning of discovering core values. Phil, you're one of the few people, are you the only person I know that has a listening coach? What role does listening play as it pertains to, to core values? Well, is for 15 years, I worked with a listening coach. And interestingly enough, it started based on a conversation I had with some of my key team members who felt that I was good at connecting, but not good at listening. And I didn't even understand the difference because um, I was always good at connecting. It was part of my sales uh, uh, element. It was a natural thing for me going all the way back to when I was a kid. That was a big part of how I got to where I was. But where I was, gonna, where I was going was to now realize that connecting is not listening. And so as I start listening, really hearing people, not drawing attention to myself, not uh, telling stories all the time based on what I heard, I started to listen and started to feel certain themes coming from people. Some of the themes about uh, um, their wanting to grow, certain themes about them wanting to uh, achieve certain things. So goals came out, but also the basis of core values. 
so that I knew that when I was working with somebody, I could restate some of those important elements if they were falling short in their performance or if they weren't achieving their goals and they needed um, to, uh, they expressed that to me. And I was able to say, well, let's look back at those three things you shared with me before. Okay. Are you living those? Are you operating within those? Why do you feel the need to um, avoid them at this point? And it, it helped ground the person that I was with. And in turn, they were able to face those because they're theirs. They're not mine. They're their core values. And we were able to get to a place where they could start to um, maneuver to the next stage. So the core values from a listening standpoint are all about making sure that the person's heard, Mm -hmm. repeating back what you've heard with a feeling attached to it. Like, for example, boy, as you shared that with me, I bet that was a difficult experience for you. I can see how you may have gotten off your normal path. Okay, so sharing it with some type of emotion, with feeling, and then asking permission to say, can I give you feedback about what I heard and what might be an approach? Or even better, what do you think, having shared all this with me today, is the best approach to moving to the next stage or to getting back on your path or to pursuing your vision? Yeah, that's great. I thought that was great. Other than the part about the storytelling kind of felt like a personal attack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Phil, final thoughts you can share about core values and uh, the importance in helping you know people live their best life by embracing them? Yeah. The, the final thoughts I have here, and I'll be brief, are uh, core values are more than just words. So if you take anything away today, as you're thinking about core values, they're more than just words. And the best way I can describe it is that question I asked earlier about about your firstborn child. Draw out that emotion in you so that when you're you're with somebody, they mean something. They also are the basis for beginning relationships, growing relationships, and even ending relationships. Because they are your strength. They're your core strength. I use the phrase quite often, core values are core strength. Think about doing your sit-ups. They're not easy. I avoid them all the time. But the core values, when executed, are a beautiful thing. And they will help make sense of the tough decisions the growth journey, the visionary life that you're pursuing. So, Phil, I know you love talking about um, leadership and growth concepts and, you know, sharing with people. And sometimes you get so inspired that you'll uh, reveal one of your hidden talents, which is to sing. You got anything you could share with us today as we're wrap? Yeah, yeah, why not? Um I think it'll be fun. And uh, um, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I put one together. Let's, uh, uh, let's let hear me, it. Uh, 
Yeah, why not? Why not? So for for those who aren't familiar with this, I do uh, write song parodies based on leadership concepts, sales tactics, all kinds of things. And I've got a bunch of these in the arsenal. Um, the one I, I wrote just this morning, believe it or not, um, doesn't take me long to do it once I get inspired. This is uh, for all you Billy Joel fans out there. This is uh, called Vision State of Mind. Okay. Some folks are living on their heels, wait for things to work in a reactive day. Most times they're feeling it's the only way, but I'm on a new path and I'm wasting no more time. I'm in a vision state of mind. Ooh, I've seen all the successful folks with their splashy life and said, why not me? New deep if I took a risk intentionally that I'd see a payoff and my dreams would be defined. I'm in a vision state of mind. It can be easy living day to day, floating round, searching for clues. But if I take a step, share my views, I'll be strong. I'll refuse to stay in the same place because you are what you think about every day. So I will use my quiet time and sail away because I captain a sailboat with no horizon line, I'm in a vision state of mind. I'm on a massive ship with no horizon line. I'm in a vision state of mind. Hine. I'm in a vision state of mind. So there you go. Wrote it this morning. Wow. <laughs> the big finish in a run. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey. 